it's time to get your head out of your ass and start creating a life of no regrets. Whether you want to lose weight, get rich, or manifest a hot threesome on the beach, you're going to want to turn this up. This is Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit with your host, best-selling author and professional butt kicker, Una Duncan. Hey, welcome to Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit. I'm your host, Una Duncan, and today you are going to get a little loving mindset bitch slap. And it's nothing personal. Um, The other day, I had to give the same tough love speech in my uh, Masters of Fitness Awesomeness group. I went live in the group and I was like, oh, God, guys, do you smell that? Like, it stinks in here. It smells a little bit like bullshit. I'm smelling a lot of bullshit here, guys. (laughs) And I know that sounds really harsh. But listen, here's how I define bullshit. It's basically the stories you are telling yourself that are keeping you stuck. And we all do it. And often these sound like really credible excuses about why you don't have to do your habit or push through hard stuff that you don't want to fucking push through. When you believe this bullshit, these stories, then you get to stay in your comfort zone, which is really comfortable, but you get stuck and you don't move closer to your goals. By definition, your goals should require you to get uncomfortable and change. So in order to achieve those goals, you're going to have to be able to sniff out your bullshit. So in my book, I talk about all the different types of bullshit that I hear all the time with people who are stuck with their fitness goals. Stuff like the diet starts tomorrow. Classic, right? But in another world, that might sound like, I'll have that really hard conversation with my mother after the holidays, or I'll update my resume and get a better job next week, or uh, the martyr bullshit. So this is when you position you skipping your habit as an act of altruism and kindness to someone else. Like, I didn't want to make my friend feel bad, so I had to drink with her. Or, you know, my husband's been really wanting to spend some time together and watch Stranger Things, so I think I should probably just skip my workout so that we can spend quality time together. Or uh, your bullshit might like might sound like an aha moment, you know? It might be like you have this sudden epiphany that the very best thing you can do for your personal self is to skip your habit. Like, I know I said I wanted to save and invest for the future, but you know what? Actually, I just want to seize the moment. So I'm going to put this vacation on my credit card. Or a really common one is the good girl. When you say, I've been so good, I deserve a treat. So you can learn about all of those types of bullshit and how to coach yourself through them in my book, or you can send me a DM and let me know which one you want me to talk more about. But the particular stench that I have been noticing a lot lately is the victim bullshit. And the victim bullshit, as I described in my book, is when you blame external circumstances for you not doing your healthy habits. Like, I wish I could exercise, but my knees are just shot. Or I can't eat healthy. My kids don't like it. Or in other worlds, the examples would be stuff like, I just, I can't make money in this economy. Or I just, I really want to work on my relationship, but my husband never wants to go on dates. So what am I supposed to do? Et cetera, et cetera. So someone with victim energy, they feel stuck and they feel really sorry for themselves about it. 
I should say there's another side to the victim coin, and that's more of a villain energy. And people sort of tend to have a tendency towards one or the other. A villain is still stuck, but instead of feeling sorry for themselves, they're like mad about it and they blame someone else. They blame other people or they say this stupid program doesn't work or they blame their stupid boss who didn't give them clear instructions. And that's why they're late with the project. So the commonality between the victim and the villain is that neither are taking any responsibility for their own outcomes. The victim's feeling really sorry for themselves and kind of sad, and the villain is feeling angry and blaming other people or other circumstances. Victim, poor me, villain, fuck you. They're different sides of the same coin, and both of them are abdicating responsibility for their results. And like I said, most of us will default to one or the other energy when we're under high stress. So I'll give you an example. Victim mode is where I naturally go under stress. My husband, he will go to villain. My younger son, Buddy, will go to victim. And my older son, Felix, will go to villain. So this is what this looks like. If our car broke down and we were trying to make the ferry, we live on an island. So making the ferry is like a really common high stress family situation. So if our car broke down and we're stuck on the side of the road with no cell signal, then I would be like... I can't believe this happened to us. And now if we miss the ferry, we're never going to be able to do this. And then that's going to happen. And wah, 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 wah. my husband would go into villain. He'd blame. He'd be like, this stupid car. You know, they don't make cars like they used to. And I can't believe the mechanic missed this. And damn hippies blocking them from building a cell phone tower. So I can't just make a phone call like a normal person in the 21st century. And then my son, Buddy, would be like, what's going to happen to us? And victim. And then Felix would be like, great. And I don't even have my tablet charged because Buddy forgot to plug it in. He'd find a way to like blame his brother, villain. Okay. <laughs> so you might be thinking, oh my God, that sounds awful. I'm so glad I'm never going on a road trip with you guys. I just want to point out this is this would be us at our absolute worst. And I think it's really helpful for you to figure out where you go at your absolute worst so that you can start to observe the pattern, get some distance from it, realize that it's BS and rise above. Which is why, by the way, I have always said you can tell so much about someone about how they will handle life by watching them do a plank endurance challenge. So when I used to lead boot camps in Toronto, we would start and end every session with assessments to gauge our fitness improvement, you know, max pushups, sprint times, wall sits, planks, all that fun stuff. And the point is that everyone pushes themselves to their absolute limit, which is pretty rare for adults to do. Like, think about it. When's the last time that you ran as fast as you can, like just to see anyway. So here's what happens. Some people, when they're pushing themselves to their limit, limit, They'll get angry and blamey. Oh, this is stupid. Why are we even doing this? Villain energy, right? Some people will kind of like collapse and feel sorry for themselves. Like, oh, I'm so weak. I can never build strength in my core. I've never been the same after having babies. There must be something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Victim energy. Um, and, and some people will go for like full drama victim energy and like grunt and huff and oh God, it hurts, you know, that sort of thing. And by the way, actually, some people, kind of a lot of people 
will never even allow themselves to touch their physical limits. They're avoidant. They'll say like, oops, I fell. Looks like I'm out. Or, you know, decide to go get a sip of water or like, oh, I'm just going to hit the bathroom or say there's something super important from work on their phone. So when you have the guts to push yourself to your physical limits in a workout, you are going to get amazing insights about how you deal with other challenges in your life. Actually, I'll always remember once I had a sub instructor, Erica, who was a wicked trainer and also kind of quirky, like she was not the best at practical things like invoicing on time and stuff like that. And so um, I asked her for the class attendance list so I can mark off who came to class uh, when I was gone. And she was like, oh, I forgot. But um, I can tell you who was there. There was a guy whose name was Archie, but not Archie. And I was like, oh, okay, Harge. And then she was like, yeah. And then there's the guy who makes jokes every time it's hard to get out of doing the hard thing. And I was like, oh yeah, John. And she's like, and then there's that girl who doesn't talk, but she's like secretly competing in her head with everyone around her. And I'm like, oh yeah, Trina. And then she's like, and then there's the girl who always asks for more abs, but she really just needs to work way harder on her cardio. And I was like, right, right, Donna. So I was dying because in one class of observing how people deal with challenges, she freaking nailed all these people. And I bet that if she and I were to sit down and place bets on how Donna, Trina, and John dealt with other challenges in their life, we'd be pretty bang on. Which is why in a lot of my fitness videos that I record, I cue people with stuff like, you know, we're in our third set of max dips and they're freaking uncomfortable. And I know everyone's in their living rooms just freaking hating me. And I'm kind of hating me for designing the third set. So I'll say something like, what are the thoughts going through your head? Is it, I can't do this? Or is it like, Una makes these videos too hard? Or did you give up before you even got to that worst burn? And you're like standing there drinking water watching me in the video. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And like I said, Victim energy is my default when I'm under stress. And it's something I've got to watch for. It's something I got to work on. Like every day, I could give you a thousand reasons why I really don't have to work out today or why I really deserve an extra cocktail or three because poor me. Like this morning, I was doing my workout and every day when I do my workout, I push myself as hard as I possibly can. And of course that varies from day to day. Some days I'm like, yeah, I'm going for it. I'm awesome. And some days I'm like, this is not my peak performance. But anyway, so today I'm pushing myself and I'm trying to get in one more push up for my toes. And then my arms got kind of wobbly and I like fell on my belly. And I had that moment where I'm lying there on my belly and I'm just like, huh. I can't believe how weak I am. I suck. Unfortunately, I have trained myself to recognize that as victim energy so that when I do drop into it, I can notice it and snap out of it faster. And by the way, dudes, this is how it goes. All this personal growth stuff, everything, it's never that we like completely nail this and thank God because I'm perfect now. It's not that we don't ever relapse into those bad habits or those unhelpful thought patterns. It's just that we indulge in it less and we snap out of it quicker and quicker. And those relapses get shorter and less intense until they're just like these barely noticeable blips. And then we are back on track. So here I am this morning lying on my stomach and I have a millisecond of that poor me thought. And then I snap the fuck out of it and I get up and I finish my workout. 
Whereas when I first started exercising, oh, dude, I would have milked that rest on my belly and for a couple of minutes. And then I would have slowly got up with like maximum drama, like some boxer who's barely alive, but manages to stand up for the final round the whole time thinking, why is this so hard? I can't believe I have to do this. When is this over? All that shit. Hey, dude, if you are enjoying this episode and you have a friend that you think might also benefit from this information, please share it with them. That helps my podcast so much and it's going to help your friend. Share the love. Thanks so much. Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm starting a small mastermind group of a select group of people who want to work with me for six months to really focus and achieve a specific goal. We'll be coming together online to come up with your personalized action plan and even meeting in person. So if that sounds like something that might interest you, go to unaduncan.com slash apply and check it out. And I actually had a great trainer once who, who had on my training program that every time I started to feel sorry for myself, I was supposed to say out loud, I love this shit to train my brain to love challenges. And I can't say in all honesty that that's where my brain goes naturally yet. But fortunately, now I can usually watch those poor me thoughts happen and recognize them as bullshit. Which by the way, Bullshit is a term that I like. I like boot camp style coaching. But if you respond to more like gentle mothering type coaching, instead of saying, oh, there's my victim bullshit, you might say to yourself, oh, look, my brain is trying to use a victim story to keep me safe and comfortable and to conserve resources. Thanks, brain. But I don't need that victim story. I'm going to go ahead and do this hard thing anyway, so that I can get my goals. Okay, so the benefit of identifying the bullshit is not to provide you with some new fodder to beat yourself up. Oh, I'm so full of bullshit. Here I am sucking again. No, it's so you can start to become aware of your limiting stories so that you can choose not to believe them and then get on with kicking ass at your life. And let me tell you something. Once you start to notice your own victim stories, you will notice how unbelievably prevalent it is today. Like the air is so thick with the stench of victim bullshit right now. And I think here's my theory on this. I think that it's because people don't understand the difference between self-compassion and victim energy. So let me tell you a story about the difference. When I was an emerging fitness professional, I got certified in this dance fitness method called the Groove Method. And the woman who started it, her name is Misty Tripoli. And Misty has this like crazy goddess vibe. Like she's always touching her hair and touching her boobs and taking deep breaths and saying all these like things that are fucking outrageous, but also kind of profound. And Misty was such an unbelievable facilitator that we would be at a fitness conference. And yeah, there's like definitely the hippie kind of yoga types and the Zumba dancers, but there's also a lot of like jocks and bodybuilder big dudes. And they would all come to our session. And by the end of the session, she would have us all dancing while pretending to rock a baby 
that was us. And we're all fucking crying. Misty was a mind blower. She's amazing. She is amazing. And so anyway, I signed up to be one of her original master trainers, which meant that I was training other fitness professionals in the groove method. And so one day, me and a bunch of Misty's other master trainers were sitting around with Misty. And there was one woman who was telling Misty about some really big challenges that she was facing. And it was it was genuinely, it was a really hard situation. It was a very heart-wrenching um, story. And she was going through this thing. There was a lot of trauma about it. And we were all like, oh my God, that is so hard for you. And Misty was listening to her listening to her with like her like intense misty eye contact. And at the end, she was like, I'm going to do you a favor. And we're all leaning forward like, Oh my God, what's Misty going to do? What's she going to say? And she goes, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to hear that story once. And that was it. And we were like, Holy shit, Misty, that was really mean. Like we were shocked. But you know what? Misty's fucking right. Misty was freaking right. The worst thing you can do for someone is to reinforce their victim story. It is the least compassionate thing you can do because you are giving weight to the story that is keeping them stuck and making them fucking miserable. So here's how you can recognize it. It sounds like someone repeating the same story over and over again. I have a friend who is an entrepreneur and every time I see her, She tells the story about how she was once at a networking event where she got thrust into an unexpected physical challenge in front of all of her peers. And she was out of shape and she was not prepared for this. And as someone who is a late bloomer in the fitness department, holy shit, I get it. That would have been my freaking nightmare. I have so much empathy for her in this situation. But she has told that story every time I've met her about how awful it was and how she had no choice and how embarrassing it was. And I'm like, dude, you need to either make that story your keynote speech as a metaphor for succeeding in business, or you really got to not tell that story anymore because you are reinforcing that victim narrative. Okay. Other things to look out for describing yourself with a not helpful identity. Like, well, I'm just a blank kind of person. Or I just have this condition that makes it really hard, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm just someone who struggles with blank. Another thing to look for is the phrase to me. This always happens to me. I can't believe you said that to me. And I got called out on that pattern once. So I was complaining to my very wise friend, Meg. I said, this guy is always so mean to me. And she said, Oh, he's not mean to you. He's just mean. It's not about you. And the other day, I deleted someone's post in my group that had violated group rules. And they messaged saying, I can't believe you did this to me. And I was like, oh, it's not to you. I just did that. Because it's the group rules. I removed it reflexively before I even noticed who posted it. It had nothing to do with her. Okay. It can also sound like I can't or I had to with a little implied poor me. So like I'm going through menopause and I can't lose weight or I'm working 12 hours a day. So I had to get takeout or my family is all eating pizza and I can't because my metabolism is shot. Now, maybe I just felt you bristle a little bit because, Hey, wait a second. That's me. And those things are real. Listen, 
I'm not saying those things aren't real. I'm not saying that they're not challenging. I am saying that sometimes people get so addicted to that story that they don't even hear the solution. If you were to offer a solution to someone who's in victim mode, they will almost always answer, yeah, but, yeah, but I tried. Yeah, but that will work for me. Yeah, but I just don't have time. Yeah, but I can't afford it. If you think that might be you, and listen, dude, no shade. Like I said, I do this too. Ask yourself, how are you benefiting from your victim story? Like maybe you're using it to connect with people, to feel their empathy and concern. Maybe you're using it as a justification to stay in your comfort zone. There's usually a challenge that's being presented that you are avoiding. And by the way, the only thing that distinguishes a victim from a hero, someone who has hero energy, is that a hero accepts the challenge and rises to meet it. And in doing so, the hero is forced to grow and transform. So I use this distinction all the time for myself. Whenever I feel stuck in an area of my life, I ask myself, what is the challenge that I am avoiding in this area? Where am I refusing to take accountability for my outcome? Listen, dude, using a victim story to weasel your way out of meeting a challenge, it is the opposite of self-compassion. Self-compassion means that you love you and you want you to be healthy and happy in the long term. And sometimes it can be helpful to separate yourself and ask, okay, if someone that I loved was in this situation, what would I want for them? Like we love our kids. And we push our kids to do hard stuff that they don't want to do all the time. Like, I don't know, swimming lessons or whatever, because we know the growth that's on the other side of that. And we want them to be healthy and happy in the long term. That is compassion. Self-compassion also means that you give yourself grace for being a learner, for getting things wrong, for failing when things are hard. When you have self-compassion, it makes you feel safe to accept challenges because you know you're going to make mistakes and you're going to try again. You don't have to make up some big story of personal woe like a victim or persecution like a villain because you understand that the fact that it's hard and the fact that you're going to fail and try again is just part of the process. That is how you get stronger. Only when you let go of victim mode and have true self-compassion, that's when you get to shift into that hero energy, someone who takes full responsibility for the results, right? Because when you take full responsibility for your results, it is so empowering. Someone who accepts challenges that force them to level up and therefore achieve amazing things. Trust me, dude, you want to be the hero of your own story. No one wants to play the victim in the movie of their own freaking life. So I could go off on this. I love this subject. But even better, I will recommend to you Donald Miller's book, Hero on a Mission, and Meg Hammerstein's Genesis course, which is more of a spiritual boo-boo approach to the victim-villain roles. I will leave both links in the show notes. But for now, my friend, I just want to sum up. We all have a bunch of bullshit that we use to weasel out of doing hard things. The victim bullshit is one brand of it, and I see it a lot. 
It's where you feel stuck and you have a story about it not being your fault and you have a poor me story in your head. And the other side of the same coin is the villain energy where you feel stuck and you're blaming other people, but instead of feeling poor me, you feel like angry about it. Either way, you are not taking responsibility for your outcomes. Also, there's lots of ways you can sniff out your victim story. For example, what are the thoughts that go through your head when you are pushing yourself to your physical limits? That is a great clue. And the benefit to recognizing your victim story is not so you can beat yourself up about having victim BS. We all do. It's so that you can start to acknowledge that this is a story and you can choose to not indulge in it and move on. You will never be perfect at this. You'll just get over it quicker and quicker as you mature and evolve. And please don't confuse victim energy with compassion, either for yourself or for other people. If you hear yourself or someone else indulging in a victim mindset, do not throw fuel on the fire by adding a poor you to it. If you hear yourself or someone else indulging in a victim mindset, do not throw fuel on the fire by adding a few poor yous to it. It's the least compassionate thing you can do because you are going to help that person stay stuck. Instead, offer them or yourself true compassion by acknowledging their challenges and their ability to rise above them. The nicest thing that you can do for someone is to recognize their hero self, not their victim self. A hero is someone who accepts challenges and rises to meet them in all their imperfect heroic glory. It's someone who fails and tries again. That is the most self-compassionate thing we can do. So I hope that this episode resonated with you. I hope you don't mind little loving bitch slap every now and then. As always, I would love to hear your feedback. So type out a review for me or don't be shy to DM me on Instagram or send an email to info at fitfeelsgood.com and let me know what you think. All right, chat next week. All right, dude, it's that time where I get to announce the winner of this month's prize for leaving an awesome review. This month, the prize is a copy of my habit tracking workbook, Diary of a Healthy Motherfucker. And the winner is someone named Clickety Kent, who said, this podcast feels like a gift to everyone who has wanted to share Una's teachings with friends in a bite-sized way, so as not to intimidate them. My only complaint is y'all should have used Oh Nana Remix by Bone R300 as the opening. I mean, that song always gets stuck in my head when I hear Una's name, and now it can for you too. Well, Clickety Kent, I YouTubed that song after reading your review, and now I might have to retract your prize because it's in my head now too. Just kidding. Email support at fitfeelsgood.com to grab your prize. And to everyone else, go ahead and leave a review right now because I've got lots of prize giveaways coming up. Oh, and thank you for your messages on Instagram about what you'd like to hear on the show. Office Hours with Wonder Woman is looking for something about bouncing back after disappointment. And I think we can probably get that for you. And Katie Lynn Green is asking for something about balancing hormones and whether that is legit. Now, Katie Lynn, I actually have a phenomenal interview about that, but I did it pre-podcast for just my clients and the sound quality isn't great. The information is incredible, but the sound isn't great. So let me know what you think. Send me a DM and let me know whether you can handle some amateur sound quality to get your little ears on the real deal about whether balancing hormones is legit or just a bullshit marketing ploy. I always love hearing from you and I really appreciate your messages.
Bye for now. Hey, dude, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next one. And by the way, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps me get found by other people who need some goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. And be sure to connect and DM me at Una Duncan on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the episode. Chat soon.